0: Welcome back to the Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, The Game. Good to have you in here on a Friday, hour number three. Nick Braden, D-May, Sand, Marquise. Stick to sports is coming up at 845 this morning. Right now we try to make some money for you and some winners across the world of college football and the NFL. Our buddy Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com joins us again this week. Lee, how are we feeling this morning? How are you?
1: I'm, I'm feeling good. Uh, kind of a weird college board with so many teams off this week but uh... I guess it's uh, Georgia and Florida and uh, everyone else.
0: Before we get to the games that we're going to highlight, let me ask you that because you did say it's a weird board, and I'm not a fan of the double-buy in college football because right. we get weeks like this where you lose some of the drama just from a viewing standpoint. But from a sports betting standpoint, is this a week where like the novice entry-level better that you know probably should sign up for your picks needs to be careful and not go overboard or be more selective because there's less games? Like, how do you view weeks like this from a gambling perspective?
1: Well, it just depends on where the lines are set. So, uh, actually, I like the card a lot this week. And uh last couple of weeks have been you know, a little tougher. They've had some really tight lines. And I've had a lot of games. You know, we've won last week, but had a lot of games go right down to the wire. So I'd rather have games that, you know, we're sitting back at halftime and we're laying a touchdown and we're up 35-7. to the biggest problem in the NFL is, for instance, I had three games going last Sunday, and one of my three games is Seattle. They're up 24 nothing, and a friend of mine sitting with me, I'm in, I'm in Kansas City, we're sitting in a sports bar, and he goes, well, you at least got one. You put one to bed. I said, no, that'll probably be the game that I lost. I lose that game by half a point. They're laying seven and a half, and I win the other two. So uh, nothing's easy, but I actually think there's some lines that they really set wrong for this week.
2: Well, let, let's let me let's get to the biggest game in all of college football this weekend, and that is Georgia Florida. Both coming off a bye, both getting healthy, rivalry game where you don't really know what to think. I, I, you know, personally, I think Florida's playing better football than Georgia right now, so I would just lean in a rivalry game to take the take the points here with Florida. Am I am I totally out in left field?
1: No, you're not. And, and this is one of the games. This is actually one of the games I'm giving my clients. Rarely do I play these high profile games, but. So I'm sitting there on Sunday afternoon and I'm projecting the lines for the next week before they come out. I made this line three. I, I thought they'd maybe make it three and a half because of the public thinking that Georgia, the last two years, uh, the success they've had. And they've actually embarrassed Florida the last two games in this series. But when I look at this game, Florida scored 24 more points on every defensive season. So when I evaluate the game, the question to me is, Can Georgia score 30 or more points? Well, based on the last two weeks versus Kentucky, 21 points, no. South Carolina, 17 points, no. And then I throw out all these other games except for Notre Dame where they scored 23 points. I think the answer is probably not. So I look at explosive plays, and, and Georgia just doesn't have it this year. They don't have tight ends or wide receivers that can make plays. Florida does. Kyle Trask is the right option for them at quarterback. Uh, He keeps getting better every week. He's got a tight end and pits and wide receivers and Swain and Jefferson. These three have combined for 84 receptions and 10 touchdowns. They make big plays. And even their top two pass rushers who missed the South Carolina game will be back for this game. Plus, they have 12 interceptions. They have a lot of great defensive backs they'll be playing at the next level. I think they'll jump some routes here. Something's wrong with this Georgia team. They're nowhere close to last year. Wrong team's favorite. Forward at twenty seven twenty.
3: Now the UT UAB game, do you think that line is a little bit too low? Um the minus eleven?
1: Well here's why it's this this low. Derek mm-hmm. you look at Tennessee, how about this fact? They have failed to cover the last nine games versus mm-hmm. FBS level non-SEC opponents that made the trip to Knoxville. So if you remember the Charlotte game last year, they looked lethargic. I don't think they're going to look that bad, but here's the problem. You're playing a well-coached UAB team. They're from a lower level, but they have the number five rated defense. They have not allowed any opponent to score more than 20 points. So let's give them 27 or 30. That means they got to hold UAB for sure – to probably 17 or less points to cover this game. The $64,000 question in this game is, can the UAB front seven hold up versus the run, or are they going to have to have their safeties cheat up, and that would leave their cornerbacks vulnerable versus two real good senior wide receivers who just torched South Carolina? I think they're going to hang in there. I think they might give up some chunk plays, but uh, I I like a well-coached team here over a team that, you know, playing much better, but still looking for their identity. Tennessee wins 27-20, but UAB covers.
0: Lee Sterling is with us here on Morning Drive. Let's get to the Tennessee in the NFL ranks. The Titans on the road this week. Three-point underdogs against the Carolina team coming off of a very bad performance in San Francisco. What do you make of this game, and what do you see with the line?
4: Well, what I've noticed
1: is when Carolina wins and covers, they get Christian McCaffrey involved from the first series. They did not last week. They fell behind quickly. Uh, when you're down at least two touchdowns in the NFL, very tough to come back and win games. So I, I think Tennessee's got a shot to keep them in check here. Their defense allowing just 16 points per game. They have 22 sacks. I think people are figuring out Kyle Allen now, Ryan Tannehill playing at a high level. I'm not trying to force passes. He's 2-0 and as a starter, completing... 44 or 62 passes. They might even start getting him running the ball. He can be effective uh, if he has to on third down to get first downs. And uh, Titans, I think they're going to unleash Derrick Henry here in this game. Uh, you got to run defense for Carolina, allowing 4.7 yards per carry. And this is where Tennessee does their best work. They're 8 and 5 as an underdog since 2018. I'm going to call for the upset here. Tennessee knocks off Carolina 23 20.
2: How about Houston and Jacksonville, another one in the AFC South that's huge, although this one taking place uh, across the pond. What do you make of Houston and the Jags?
1: Well, the, the Jags are looking for revenge. Uh, lost 13-12 to 12 in Week 2 at Houston. Uh, rookie, that's where Gardner Minshew, his first career start. Doug Marone went for the win on that two-point conversion with 36 seconds left. Uh, didn't get it. Uh, you could go two different ways here with, with Gardner Minshew and the four-on-four four Jags getting their second licks at the five and three Texans here. I think Minshew could move forward here. Uh, and I, and I think he's going to have some success against the Romeo Cornell defense here, having seen him once here. JJ J. Watt out for the game and out for the season. I think that's a huge loss. And, uh, Will Fuller, um, not a hundred percent. So, uh, I, I think they're going to be able to contain DeAndre Hopkins here. Give me the, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars here, 24 20.
0: Lee, uh, how can people get the Game of the Week and tell us about the website as well as the phone number, if you could?
1: Well, Game of the Week this week, South Carolina and Vanderbilt. uh, Two teams, uh, Vanderbilt off that big win, looking to keep it rolling. South Carolina off two heart-wrenching losses, so uh, looking to get that mojo back. You want to get it for free, just call 800-400-9741. A lot of people call this month November or Paramount Sports, we call it november we've had 13 out of 14 winning years this month so uh it's five weeks from now through monday december 2nd and remember this month we got mac action every tuesday and wednesday night so 31 straight days of action you want to hop on board use coupon code save 200 just 397 dollars for the entire month of november it's all available paramountsports.com
0: lee sterling great stuff as always we'll chat again next friday good luck this weekend Okay, thanks, guys. You got it. How about that? The return of Mac football on a Tuesday night.
2: Oh, I can't wait! And apparently, yes. Lee, apparently, Lee listens to the show, trying to get in on the dad jokes. Mm-hmm. As well, after Bob. I got more dad jokes. Oh, no, we're, we're, no, no, we're we're good. We're no, well. we're good. We're well. no, I'm, I'm giving two more dad jokes. We're because, yes. uh, matter, before, well. matter
5: of fact, let's just get a dad joke a segment. <laughs> no, <laughs> no,
3: can we before
0: before the show ends today?
3: I'm giving two more dad
0: jokes. How about this? When, when you get done giving out your ridiculous over unders at 9:30 yeah. for games people can't find on a map. Mm-hmm. much less a television uh-huh. you can give out the the dad jokes as well there okay cool good yeah okay. we'll, we'll just hand it off to you for the entire segment yeah cool you entertain us Y'all with the uh, valdosta state under 52 and then uh you know got, dad jokes in a bar i got two dad jokes
2: yes oh I love it No guys Seriously He wrote them down In a notebook, in <laughs> did. A notebook. He did In a, in a notebook it He wrote like them down It was like Eminem on 8 Mile yeah. Like on the bus riding riding Right, right. and like, right. The
0: notebook looks like It's from 1994 It is What was that like When you had like A sophomore class In Michigan State Was yeah. that your like Intro to biology notebook
5: Say <laughs> like D. Mace, Hearts Tony Braxton In that book yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm just sitting just Writing says, Tony's name All day Tony Braxton it Says Derek Tony Braxton, Braxton. <laughs> Derek Braxton
2: I'll take your name Derek Braxton <laughs> uh,
0: Alright so a heart breaker last night for the Nashville Predators. A big contract, but one thing also that I heard yesterday with Elliot Friedman when he was on with Darren Donick and Chase regarding Roman Yossi and the contract. We're going to get to that on the other side. We're back after this on Morning Drive. Terry Crisp coming up at 8.30 this morning. We'll talk all things Preds with Crispy.
2: I, I can tell a joke. Can you?
0: Uh yeah, from time to time.
2: So Willie Donick doing his best uh, Derek Mason interpretation mm-hmm. Imp- impression.
0: It's a dad joke Friday. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. What happened?
4: It's no. a good question.
0: I think we all fell on our head once as yeah. a kid. Mine. Never recovered. Yeah. Yeah. You Derek, might be right did, about Derek did. Derek did it for a career. Yeah. 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 Derek <laughs> did it for a living. Uh, Flames beat the Predators last night six to five on what was basically a buzzer beater. Preds were leading four to one and gave up a big time letdown to. The Calgary Flames, who were in desperate need of a victory also last night, Austin Watson, while the game was going on. And how about this? I mean, Watson gets a three year, four and a half million dollar contract extension. And oh, by the way, says, I, I'm just going to go out there. And I, obviously he knew he had the contract in the bag while the game was going on. I would assume. Uh, and he has four points last night, two goals and two assists. But one thing I, I thought was interesting yesterday, I was driving on my way to do the TV hit with Kayla for, for Channel Two, mm-hmm. and I'm listening to Elliot Friedman. On with Darren Donick and Chase for his weekly appearance. Take a listen to this audio because he makes it sound like Poyle and the Predators had to budge. And, and you'll hear the audio in just one second. Almost like Roman Yossi came away the big winner mm-hmm. from the negotiation. Take a listen to this.
4: Their window to win the Stanley Cup is very much alive the next few years. And if you lose Roman Yossi, you're not replacing him. And I think at the end of the day, the Predators knew they had to budge a little bit, and they'll be glad they did. This contract, I know that everybody worries about what he's going to look like when he's 36 or 37 years old. If if you guys win the Cup, and he's a big part of it, and he would be if you guys win it, nobody's going to care what he looks like when he's 36 or 37 years old.
0: So when I'm listening to that live, it felt like to me that he made it seem like Roman Yossi really got the better end of the deal. And like I just want to move past eight years. We all know on the back end contract that that's just the price of doing business in this day and age. And you look at the non movement clause. And I know Poyle doesn't give them out. I mean, let's face it, Pekka has one, and you know he doesn't give them out like Halloween candy. But did did Poyle and the Preds really budge? I mean, I still think nine point zero five million is like. A major win for the Predators. This guy could have got 10, and I never felt like he was ever going to get on the market. The guy was a pred for life. So giving him a non-movement clause doesn't make me feel like Poyle budged. Uh, am I wrong in thinking that? I mean, I can see why you feel that way. I just don't think there's but, a Predator fan that ever believed Roman Yossi would play for another hockey
3: team. Well, it's not their um, money. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I if, if he hits open market, all bets are off. You know, you don't know because somebody might offer him $11 million and you are only willing to give to give him nine. And maybe they offer him 11 and say, you know what, there's a no-move clause for you, too. You can stay here as long as you want to. Who's not going to take that deal? Um, I think Yossi did win from this standpoint. And, and Freeman's right. If you win a championship, nobody cares what you look like in the last two or three years of your contract. Who cares? You won a championship, and that's what you were here for. Um, that's why they re-signed you. But I think from – because we know how Poyle operates. And like you say, he don't give these things out like candy. He just don't say he's not Oprah. Everybody gets, you know, no-move clause. You get it. You get it. You get it. No, he doesn't. That's not how he, how he operates. And instead of him giving you money – he says, you know what, I'm going to do something that I've never done before. We're going to sign you. We're going to give you nine plus for the next X amount of years. B- and we biggest can't- biggest yeah. contract in franchise history. And we history. cannot move you. No matter what happens, we cannot move you. If you end up being a horrible player, we cannot move you. We can't do anything. Right. If- so Yossi did win.
2: Right. If he wants to make $9.059 million at age 35, 36, and 37 mm-hmm. in 2026, 2027, and 2028 – if he wants to make nine plus million dollars a year as a Nashville Predator, it's his decision. Exactly, and that is giving up a lot if you're the Nashville Predator. Yeah. So even to me, he's one. They moved PK Subban. Yeah. And they didn't get a lot in return, but they were able to move the contract. Exactly. But but, but Roman
0: Yossi team. being the captain, I'm trying to think in sports. A guy in his obviously when the contract goes to year three and year five, he'll be in his early to mid 30s. He'll end in his late 30s. When's the last time we've seen a team trade a team captain in the prime of his career? So uh, this team.
2: I mean, they traded Shea Weber uh, to to, for PK Subban, Mm -hmm. team captain in the prime of his career, in part because the 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 gravity of the contract. Yeah, the
3: back end of his back end of
2: the contract was so bad that they knew that in theory, if they had a chance to get out from underneath it, that you had to move the most beloved player, arguably in franchise history, who was the team captain, who was you know he he hadn't been playing like maybe his best hockey, but he was Mm -hmm. still relatively young. And you got PK Subban back in return. PK Subban gave you three years at nine million dollars a year, which is a ton of money, mm-hmm. which was at the time the largest amount of money they'd ever given a player on an AAV basis. Not mm-hmm. they didn't give the contract out. I get that, but they were they, paying, they were the paying responsibility. that. Yeah. and but again, Assumed part of the, the part of the reason he took that 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 deal and the reason he got PK Subban a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. PK Subban's a great brand builder. He's a great defenseman. He was you know great all these things, but he knew he could get rid of him. He, mm-hmm. he knew he could. He knew he could take on that salary because he could say, "You know what? I'll trade you for two prospects and a second-round draft pick to the Devils." Not really feel like I got a whole lot in return, but you know what mm-hmm. I did? Got got myself nine million dollars in cap space. Exactly. Roman Yosi does not have to give him that now. No. Roman Yossi, at age again at age 35, 36, and thirty-seven can say to you, "Nope, Nashville, you've got to pay me nine point zero five nine million dollars this year." Mm-hmm. And I may be playing on the third defense pairing because yeah. I I can't skate anymore. So give me, well, unlikely, but like, give
0: me the specifics of the Weber because I, I wasn't here when that happened. So who gave the contract, and then obviously we know so who there, dealt
2: it. I, I don't want to go into so deep because it was a really complicated. Uh, I, again, I don't remember all of the details. Okay. There was a, there was an offer from I believe uh, either New Jersey or Philadelphia. I think it was okay. Philadelphia that made a huge offer, and you know as a as a uh, uh, you know and then. The Preds had to come back and counter, and they gave him a monstrous deal that had huge dollar figures on the back end. And what um,
0: year are we talking roughly?
2: Gosh, um, I should know this, but it, I want to say 2000 and, or 2012, 12? 2013. Okay. I, we can, again, we can look all this information up. Point is that they gave him a huge mm-hmm. contract. He was going to go to free agency, and he didn't because he stayed here, and they went through this whole lengthy process where you know there was another offer from another team they had to match that offer to keep him here they, they they got the the deal done it was the biggest contract ever he was making seven and some change um it was the largest contract they'd ever given out at the time before johansson's deal mm-hmm. and, and and stuff and so it it, it w- but it was going to be an albatross around their neck because i remember reading and i did not start i had not worked at this this station i wasn't covering the Preds. i was a sort of sort of just a fan and a season ticket holder at the time when they traded for pk suban my, your first thought was, "Holy smokes! They just gave up their team captain." I can't mm-hmm. believe that Shea Weber is leaving. And then, as the fa- then as like the sports media part of my brain kicked in, and I started looking at the contract, looking at the ages, mm-hmm. looking at the years of the deals, where are these players going to be in four years, five years, eight years, and and you could see how obvious it was why David Poyle made the move to get PK Subban. He was getting a younger, mm-hmm. better version of Shea Weber at a at a, at the same price essentially but i'm but shifting, could justify. right i'm shifting all the cost from 31 32 33 year old to a 27 28 29 year old right mm-hmm. like i'm shifting everything back 3 or 4 years i'm
3: getting younger with the same amount of money
2: and the same quality player mm-hmm. essentially so that was the whole point um, but again that's that is the risk you run but do Blackhawks fans sit around right now? No, they and don't care. They no care that their championships. Team is, yeah, they got multiple. Their team is in cap purgatory for three, three to four or eight years. Like, d- does it matter when yep. you count all three of your banners or, or, or not? And mm-hmm. I, I agree with Friedman. That's why he was right. It I, was. Yeah, I agree with the basic point, which is. If Roman Yosi is your guy, give him the extra half million right. dollars a year, and give him the no movement clause. And if you win a cup, no, none of this matters. Nobody, talk, nobody nobody's talking cares. about it.
0: I, I was just thinking, you know, with the way the way he plays on the ice, the way he's revered off the ice. You know, Poyle talks about how great of a person he is, how much he loves Nashville. Him and his wife got married. Like I just, if you were to tell me he was going to get the nine, the the eight year nine and change contract, mm-hmm. and there was no movement clause, if that wasn't included. Like I, I just don't. I couldn't envision, and I know there's a precedent here with Shea Weber. I just couldn't see them moving him. Um, no,
3: I think they still moving. I, I think that if there's no David Poyle if, has shown it to yeah, trade if everybody. If there's a, if there's not a no trade clause or no move clause in that contract, best believe. Even if he's playing last, well, if he's playing well, okay, that might be something different. But if it's if his production has dropped off, and I'm not saying it's fell off the cliff, but if it drops off. You would only be smart as a GM to say, you know what, he's getting older. The production is not there like it was, you know, two or three seasons ago. Can we get something for him? Can we get younger and maybe a little bit better at the same cost? Can we do that? Well, yeah. So let's move him.
2: 2012, so I was right about the year. uh, Shea Weber was 27 years old, 14-year, $110 million (laughs) contract. That means the Montreal Canadiens are on the hook for cap hit of $7.8 million at age 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, and 41 for Shea Weber.
0: 14 years? I don't think I've ever heard that uttered. <laughs> Somebody got a 14-year contract. Well, I'm Signing pretty sure. $68 million. I'm pretty sure when they did that deal, they
3: knew.
2: those They were going to trade him before he completely bottomed out. Bingo. Bingo. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way you can be on the hook for for five years at eight million dollars, basically, for a player between the ages of thirty-seven and forty-one. Exactly. Like you can't be on the hook for that. So David Poile knew, hey, we can get PK Subban, who's a younger, better version, essentially, maybe a little extra money, extra million dollars a year, mm-hmm. uh, largely the same player, same same cost. But I'm I'm not on the hook for four, you know, and it worked out. More, I mean,
3: and it worked out for him. You know, they went to a Stanley Cup, they won a President's Trophy, right? Exactly. I mean, they were in those three years. Not to say that it was all PK, but he was a part of it. Mm-hmm. So you can say, you know, what we didn't get the cup, but we feel we got our our money's worth.
0: Terry Crisp, he always gets his money's worth. He's coming up next on Morning Drive. Terry Crisp coming up at eight thirty this morning. We'll talk all things spreads with Crispy.
2: I, I can tell a joke. Can you?
0: Uh, Yeah. From time to time.
2: So Willie Donick doing his best uh, Derek Mason interpretation. Yeah. Imp- impression.
0: It's a dad joke Friday. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. What happened? It's
2: yeah. a good question.
0: I think we all fell on our head once as yeah. a kid. Mine. Never recovered. Derek did for a career. Yeah. 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 Derek <laughs> did it for a living. Uh, Flames beat the Predators last night 6-5 to five on what was basically a buzzer beater. Preds were leading 4-1 to one and gave up a big time <laughs> letdown to... The Calgary Flames, who were in desperate need of a victory also last night, Austin Watson, while the game was going on. And how about this? I mean, Watson gets a three-year, $4.5 million dollar contract extension. And oh, by the way, he says, I, I'm just going to go out there. and I, Obviously, he knew he had the contract in the bag while the game was going on, I would assume. Uh, and he has four points last night, two goals and two assists. But one thing I, I thought was interesting yesterday, I was driving on my way to do the TV hit with Kayla for for Channel 2, mm-hmm. and I'm listening to Elliot Friedman on with Darren Donick and Chase for his weekly appearance. Take a listen to this audio because he makes it sound like Poyle and the Predators had to budge. And, and you'll hear the audio in just one second. Almost like Roman Yossi came away the big winner mm-hmm. from the negotiation. Take a listen to this.
4: Their window to win the Stanley Cup is very much alive the next few years. And if you lose Roman Yossi, you're not replacing him. And I think at the end of the day, the Predators knew they had to budge a little bit, and they'll be glad they did. This contract, I know that everybody worries about what he's going to look like when he's 36 or 37 years old. If if you guys win the Cup, and he's a big part of it, and he would be if you guys win it, nobody's going to care what he looks like when he's 36 or 37 years old.
0: So when I'm listening to that live, it felt like to me that he made it seem like Roman Yossi really got the better end of the deal and like I just want to move past eight years. We all know on the back end contract, that that's just the price of doing business in this day and age. And you look at the non movement clause, and I know Poyle doesn't give him out. I mean, let's face it, Pekka has one and you know, he doesn't give him out like Halloween candy. But did did Poyle and the Preds really budget? I mean, I still think nine point zero five million million is like a major win for the Predators. This guy could have got 10, and I never felt like he was ever going to get on the market. The guy was a pred for life. So giving him a non-movement clause doesn't make me feel like Poyle budged. Uh, am I wrong in thinking that? I
3: mean, I can see
0: why you feel that way. I just don't think there's but... a Predator fan that ever believed Roman Yossi would play for another hockey
3: team. Well, it's not their uh, money. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I if, if he hits open market, all bets are off. You know, you don't know because somebody might offer him $11 million and you are only willing to give, to give him nine. And maybe they offer him 11 and say, you know what? There's a no move clause for you, too. You can stay here as long as you want to. Who's not going to take that deal? Um, I think Yossi did win from this standpoint. And, and Freeman's right. If you win a championship, nobody cares what you look like in the last two or three years of your contract. Who cares? You won a championship, and that's what you were here for. Um, that's why they re-signed you. But I think from – because we know how Poyle operates. And like you say, he don't give these things out like candy. He just don't say he's not Oprah. Everybody gets, you know, no-move clause. You get it, you get it, you get it. No, he doesn't – that's not how he, how he operates. And instead of him giving you money – He says, you know what? I'm going to do something that I've never done before. We're going to sign you. We're going to give you nine plus for the next X amount of years. Biggest biggest contract in franchise history. And we cannot move you. No matter what happens, we cannot move you. If you end up being a horrible player, we cannot move you. We can't do anything. So, Yossi did win.
2: Right. If he wants to make... Nine point zero five nine million dollars at age 35, 36 and thirty seven mm-hmm. in twenty twenty six, twenty twenty seven, and twenty twenty eight. If he wants to make nine plus million dollars a year as a national Predator, it's his decision. Exactly, and that is giving up a lot if you're the national Predator. Yeah, so even to P. me, He's Subban, won they moved PK Subban, yeah, and they didn't get a lot in return, but they were able to move the contract exactly. But and but Roman
0: Yossi key. being the captain, I'm trying to think in sports. A guy in his obviously when the contract goes to year three and year five he'll be in his early to mid thirties he'll end in his late thirties. When's the last time we've seen a team trade a team captain in the prime of his career? So uh, this team,
2: <laughs> I mean, they traded Shea Weber uh, to, to for PK Subban,
3: mm-hmm.
2: team captain in the prime of his career, yeah, in, should... in part because the 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 gravity of the contract.
3: Yeah, the back end of the his back contract.
2: end of the contract was so bad that they knew that in theory, if they had a chance to get out from underneath it, that you had to move the most beloved player, arguably in franchise history, who was the team captain, who was, you know, he he hadn't been playing, like, maybe his best hockey, but he was mm-hmm. still relatively young. A- and you got P.K. Subban back in return. P.K. Subban gave you three years at $9 million a year, which is a ton of money, mm-hmm. th- w- which was, at the time, the largest amount of money they'd ever given a player on an AAV b- basis. Not mm-hmm. They didn't give the contract out, I get that, but they were they paying resumed They resumed the responsibility. That, yeah. And but again, a part of the percent, part of the reason but. he took that 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 deal, and the reason he got PK Subban, a lot of reasons. PK mm-hmm. Subban's a great brand builder. He's a great defenseman. He was you know great, all these things. But he knew he could get rid of him. Mm-hmm. He, he knew he could. He knew he could take on that salary because he could say, you know what, I'll trade you for two prospects and a second round draft pick to the Devils. Not really feel like I got a whole lot in return. But you know what mm-hmm. I did? Got got myself nine million dollars in cap space. Exactly. Roman Yosi does not have to give him that now Roman Yossi at age again at age 35 36 and 37 can say to you nope Nashville you've got to pay me 9.059 million dollars this year Mm-hmm. And I may be playing on the third defense pairing because yeah. I, I can't skate anymore. So give me, well, unlikely, but like, give
0: me the specifics of the Weber because I I wasn't here when that happened. So who gave the contract, and then obviously we know so who dealt
2: it. I don't want to go into so deep because it was a really complicated. Uh, I, again, I don't remember all of the details. There okay. was there was an offer from I believe uh, either New Jersey or Philadelphia. I think it was okay. Philadelphia that made a huge offer. And you know, as a as a uh, you know, and then the Preds had to come back and counter, and they gave him a monstrous deal that had huge dollar figures on the back end.
0: And um, what year are we talking roughly?
2: Uh, gosh, um, I should know this, but it, I want to say 2000 and, or 2012, 12? 2013, okay. I, I, We can again, we can look all this information up. Point is, that they gave him a huge mm-hmm. contract. He was going to go to free agency, and he didn't because he stayed here. And they went through this whole lengthy process where you know there was another offer from another team they had to match that offer to keep him here they 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 got the the deal done it was the biggest contract ever he was making seven and some change um it was the largest contract they'd ever given out at the time before johansson's deal Mm -hmm. and 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 stuff and so it 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 but it was going to be an albatross around their neck because i remember reading and i did not start i had not worked at this this station i wasn't covering the preds i was a sort of sort of just a fan and a season ticket holder at the time when they traded for pk suban my, your first thought was, "Holy smokes! They just gave up their team captain." I can't mm-hmm. believe that Shea Weber is leaving. And then, as the fa- then as like the sports media part of my brain kicked in, and I started looking at the contract, looking at the ages, mm-hmm. looking at the years of the deals, where are these players going to be in four years, five years, eight years, and and you could see how obvious it was why David Poyle made the move to get PK Subban. He was getting a younger, mm-hmm. better version of Shea Weber at a at a, at the same price essentially but i'm but shifting could justify. right i'm shifting all the cost from 31 32 33 year old to a 27 28 29 year old right mm-hmm. like i'm shifting everything back 3 or 4 years i'm
3: getting younger with the same amount of
2: money a- and the same quality player mm-hmm. essentially so that was the whole point um, but again that's that is the risk you run but do Blackhawks fans sit around right now? No, they and, don't care. care no championships. Yeah, that their they got team, multiple. Their team is in cap purgatory for three, three to four or eight years. Like, d- does it matter when yep. you count all three of your banners or, or, or not? And mm-hmm. I, I agree with
3: Friedman. That's why he was right. It I, was.
2: Yeah, I agree with the basic point, which is. If Roman Yossi is your guy, give him the extra half million right. dollars a year, and give him the no movement clause. And if you win a cup, no, none of this matters. Nobody, talk, nobody Nobody's talking cares. about
0: it. I, I was just thinking, you know, with the way the way he plays on the ice, the way he's revered off the ice. You know, Poyle talks about how great of a person he is, how much he loves Nashville. Him and his wife got married. Like I just, if you were to tell me he was going to get the nine, the the eight year nine and change contract, mm-hmm. and there was no movement clause, if that wasn't included. Like I, I just don't I couldn't envision and I know there's a precedent here with Shea Weber. I just couldn't see them moving them. Um, no, I
3: think they still moving. I, I think that if there's no
2: David Poyle if, has shown us
3: yeah, if there's a if there's not a no trade clause or no move clause in that contract, best believe even if he's playing last, well? If he's playing well, okay that <laughs> might be something different. But if it's if his production has dropped off and I'm not saying it's fell off the cliff, but if it drops off if you would only be smart as a GM to say, you know what? He's getting older. The production is not there like it was, you know, two or three seasons ago. Can we get something for him? Can we get younger?
2: So, it was, and
3: maybe a little bit yeah. better at the same cost? Can we do that? Well, yeah. 20, so let's move him.
2: 2012, so I was right about the year. Uh, so. Shea Weber was 27 years old, 14 year, $110 million <laughs> contract. Jesus. That means the Montreal Canadiens are on the hook for cap hit of $7.8 million at age 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, and 41 for Shea Weber.
0: 14 years? I don't think I've ever heard that uttered. <laughs> Somebody got a 14-year contract.
2: Well, I'm Signing pretty bonus sure. Of $68 million.
3: I'm pretty sure when they did that deal, they knew.
2: Those, they were going to trade him before he completely bottomed out. Bingo. Bingo. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way you can be on the hook for for five years at eight million dollars, basically, for a player between the ages of 37 and 41. Exactly, like you can't be on the hook for that. So David Poil knew, hey, uh, we can get PK Subban, who's a younger, better version, essentially, maybe a little extra money, extra million dollars a year, Mm -hmm. uh, largely the same player, same same cost. But I'm I'm not on the hook for, for you know, and it worked out. More, I mean, and it
3: worked out for him. You know, they went to a Stanley Cup. They won a President's Trophy. Right, exactly. I mean, they were in those three years. Not to say that it was all PK, but he was a part of it. Mm-hmm. So you can say, you know what, we didn't get the cup, but we feel we got our our money's worth.
0: Terry Crisp, he always gets his money's worth. He's coming up next on Morning Drive. It is Morning Drive. Good to have you in here on a Friday, 8.33. Nick Braden, D. Mace, and Marquise. Stick to Sports is coming up in about 15 minutes right now. We welcome in our pal Terry Crisp, Preds Television, Fox Sports, Tennessee. Obviously, you see him with Lindsey Raleigh each and every broadcast, and he's brought to you by the Highland Group. Crispy, good morning. How's the coffee this morning, sir?
6: Good morning, gentlemen. You must have the uh, the camera moving on me. It good, by the way. It was the first cup was a little sour because I was going over my notes from last night. Then I threw mm-hmm. them away. Got a second cup, and it's better. And I'm all set to talk civilized with you guys.
2: What, what, what do you do? Go go back to your put your coaching hat on and just you know when you see you know the players are pissed off. You know they're upset about how they performed in the third period. Like, do you need to say anything? Do you need to go hellfire and brimstone? Do you just need to sort of say, hey guys? You know what you did wrong. Like, How how do you approach a, a situation like last night where you know everybody in that room knows what they did wrong?
6: Exactly. You know what? You, you just put your, your, your thumb right on the, on the whole thing. What is it? No, the coach knows it. The players know it. There's no sense beating a dead horse, and there's no sense going through it. The guys, uh, believe it or not, they feel as bad as anybody. They were the guys out there in front of 17,000, 18,000 fans, in front of the TV people, in front of everybody, and they know exactly what happened, how it went down. So there's nothing that a coach can go in and explain or say to them or, or yell at them about that they don't already know and feel. So uh, like what Coach Ladd said in his post-game talk, he says, no, because I don't talk to him. He says, we'll talk tomorrow. We'll go over it tomorrow. And you know what? That's the best theory for a coach. I, I found out that I didn't want to talk to players either after a game. It's, it's your best move. Especially sometimes you're heated, players are heated, uh, you say things you can't take back or things happen, and lab has the right idea. You know what, today they'll sit down, they'll go over it, they'll correct it, and they'll be ready for the next hockey
0: game. Crispy, I think so many people have been caught up this year in Matt Duchesne and how well he has played, how well Pecarine has played, and almost forgotten about is Nick Benino, who had another goal last night and he is having a fantastic year. Are we not are we not giving him the credit he deserves cuz he's off to a great start?
6: You know what Nick Benino is always one of those players that everybody says if you're going to win a cup or you want to get around a cup, he's the type of player you have to have. But he never gets the the headline glory, the headline uh talks that other players get but he plays plays fourth line third line second line you'll put him up to the first line if we have injuries or if we need him be he kills penalties the odd time you'll pop him on a power play late in the game you need big face offs one you got Benino and Sissons out there this guy is by no means underrated by any of the coaches or anything it's just that you're right he doesn't get the accolades that big names get but he certainly does the job
3: Another guy that is on a tear right now is Jankro. He has four goals in five games. I mean, goodness gracious. I, I know, uh, <laughs> stole one of his goals. He must have been really upset because after RV stole the goal, he went on a tear here. Just, um, I mean, explain to us how, it, what he's meant to the team thus far.
6: Well if that's all it takes then somebody else to steal another goal from him because he's <laughs> playing like a <that> big guy. <laughs> you sit the dress ter- funny you said that because in the dress room afterwards the guys all give it to you when that happens, they say, Come on, you knew it was yours and they go on for But Yarn Croak, you know what? Uh, Coach Lab and the staff have said all along that Yarn Croak is I just went through what Benino means to this team. Yarn Croak is very similar. They can play him on left wing, right wing, center. Uh, he can kill penalties, do whatever, he pays the power to play. You, you can play him on the third line or put him up to the first line, and you get a full effort from, from uh, Yarn Coke in that one. And it just seems that he's hitting a stride. And I think now what he feels is his confidence in himself. And the coaches have relayed that to him with the ice time, uh, the effort he's given, they're giving him ice time for it. And, and that's well-deserved.
0: Crispy, some big news obviously going down during the middle of the game. Austin Watson's three-year, four-and-a-half-million-dollar contract extension. You know, a lot of times you watch Austin Watson, and you, if you watch this team night in and night out, you know what he does. He gets dirty, he'll muck, he'll grind, he'll get in front, he'll be a net front presence, uh, but it might not necessarily always show up on the stat sheet. What do you see from him, and just how valuable is he? Because this is one of the smaller teams. This is not a massive team size-wise. We're, we don't play a heavy brand of hockey. He provides I think, really an invaluable skill set.
6: He does. And as a coach, I wish we had two more Austin Watsons. I really do. Because in the game now, in the playoffs now, you have to have some big horses. You have to have some guys that can run the whole gamut for you uh, every series. And Austin Watson is one of them. Um, but he's also proven that, you know what, he's taken his licks, he's stood up to them, he's come back stronger than ever, and his teammates love him for the effort. And he's probably appreciated as much as anybody in that dressing room as you just said, when the going gets tough and they know they have to have somebody to have their back out there when a scrum or a fight or whatever breaks out, Austin Watson is the first guy right now. He sticks his nose in, he intercepts it, whatever it takes to do it. And these guys are invaluable, and you're right. They don't get the, the, the limelight. They don't get all the things. But I'm, I was so happy to hear that when they announced it last night about Austin Watson because he is a very, very intricate part of this hockey club.
2: Uh, Christy, what sort of challenge do the New York Rangers present uh, over the weekend tomorrow?
6: Probably speed. They're going to come out of speed. They get off to a a rocky start, uh, same as the Calgary Flames, and they want to prove that they're a good team, and they are a good team, and they're very skilled. They're they're, they're similar, maybe not as rugged, not as as, as aggressive as the Flames are. I I like their aggressiveness, but they're skilled, and we have to be every bit as skilled as them. Last night uh, in that game when you watch it, the the skilled players – for the Calgary Flames, and Coach Lab mentioned this in his post-game interview, Uh, Coach Peters double-shifted his two top lines in the third period and came away with the win. You're going to see the the New York Rangers' very similar attitude.
0: Crispy, always a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of that coffee this morning, and we'll reconvene (laughs) next Friday.
6: Thanks, fellas. You got it. talking to you. See you at the rink.
0: You got it. Terry Crisp brought to you by the Highland Group. The coffee always tastes a little better in the morning when you come off a win. Just that. yeah. Cuz I know last night personally for my my wins and losses. Mm-hmm. You know, I had the 49ers and they didn't cover. Mm-hmm. So my coffee this morning just didn't taste as good. I'm sure it didn't. No. Didn't mm-hmm. taste
3: good after the World Series either. Well, my coffee tastes my coffee was all right. Yeah. Because I didn't I didn't learn until I got to the show that they had <laughs> blew a
0: 4-1 lead. Not many people around it. the world
3: did. 4-1, yeah, it. it was over. Yeah, I went to
0: bed. Stillman thought it was over after 2 nothing. Oh, and by the way, like, can I um, like, can I rip A.J. Hinch again? Because uh, I, I just okay. realized something. Because remember yesterday, I was all mad about A.J. I like Hinch. The, I feel like the uh-huh. horse is dead, but go he, for it. He didn't use Garrett Cole. Right. And I would have been all hands on deck because it was the final game of the season. He's an even bigger idiot because Garrett Cole's not going to be re-signed. He's not going to be your problem next year. He's walking in free agency. I would have thrown him till his arm fell off.
2: I agree. Yeah,
0: but I digress. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, violation on me. I used "we" as in the predators. I, I think it's okay, though. I, no, I, I think you're. No, you pointed it out. I think I, I was in violation. But
2: if you're, but if you're, it's a bad job if, out of me. If you're talking though hypothetically about the coaching staffs, like you were sort of referring to how the team views Austin Watson, right? Like, hey, we're we're not a big team. Mm-hmm. We don't play a heavy game. You know this. I should is have how
0: said the Preds are not a heavy team, yeah, but, but we would mean that I'm included. Yeah,
2: but I think you were okay. I don't think you were including yourself. I, I brought it to your attention, but I didn't mean to do it in a way that was negative. I, I think it was. Uh, I think you're good. I think you're clear in this situation. Derek has yeah. no thoughts.
0: I mean, dad jokes coming up in a little bit. Oh my god! And I got a few for a uh,
2: guy that's not even a dad came into the studio and gave yeah. us a dad joke. did. Well,
3: gave you some dad
0: jokes. He gave us not two,
2: and Derek just cackled like a yes. hyena.
0: That was so funny. Yeah,
2: I'm
5: going to give you dad jokes, and I'm not a dad, allegedly.
0: Yeah, teammates just laugh to impress management. <laughs> That's always No, dumb. that was funny. He's buttering up oh, management. That was, that, that, was, was that was funny. That
3: was a real laugh? Yeah, that was a real laugh. That was funny. Oh, okay. You're not
0: fooling
5: that
3: was, me. That was truly funny. I know what yeah. you're doing. Did you yeah. he
5: hold his chest while he because was laughing? Because that not not laugh. I never, I never thought that funny.
3: that guy would come in and give two dad jokes.
2: Really?
0: Yeah. I was hoping he was coming in to check you into the boards, to be honest. But, <laughs> yeah. You
3: know? Why would he check me into the boards? Uh, Can we put some some boards in here? Let's get wild. Let's get crazy. Come on. Let's put some boards in here. I thought we were already wild and crazy.
0: We are. We are. We
3: are three wild and crazy guys. Stick to sports. Who are crazier than us?
0: Very few. Very few. Back after this. (laughs) It is Morning Drive. Good to have you in here on a Friday, 8.33. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise. Stick to Sports is coming up in about 15 minutes right now. We welcome in our pal Terry Crisp, Preds Television, Fox Sports Tennessee. Obviously, you see him with Lindsey Raleigh each and every broadcast, and he's brought to you by the Highland Group. Crispy, good morning. How's the coffee this morning, sir?
6: Good morning, gentlemen. You must have the uh, the camera moving on me. It tasted good, by the way. Was the first cup was a little sour because I was going over my notes from last night. Then I threw Mm -hmm. them away. Got a second cup, and it's better. And I'm all set to talk civilized with you guys.
2: What, what, What do you do? Go go back to your put your coaching hat on and just you know when you see you know the players are pissed off. You know they're upset about how they performed in the third period. Like, do you need to say anything? Do you need to go hellfire and brimstone? Do you just need to sort of say, hey guys? you know what you did wrong. Like, How, how do you approach a, a situation like last night where you know everybody in that room knows what they did wrong?
6: Exactly. You know what, you, you just put your, your, your thumb right on the, on the whole thing. What is it? No, the coach knows it, the players know. There's no sense beating a dead horse, and there's no sense going through it. The guys, uh, believe it or not, they feel as bad as anybody. They were the guys out there in front of 17,000, 18,000 fans in front of the TV people in front of everybody, and they know exactly what happened, how it went down. So there's nothing that a coach can go and explain or say to them or or yell at them about that they don't already know and feel. So uh, like what Coach last said in his post-game talk, he says, nope, because I don't talk to He says, we'll talk tomorrow. We'll go over it tomorrow. And you know what? That's the best theory for a coach. I, I found out that I didn't want to talk to players either after a game. It's, it's your best move. Especially sometimes you're heated, players are heated, Uh, you see things you can't take back or things happen, and Lab has the right idea. You know what? Today, they'll sit down, they'll go over it, they'll correct it, and they'll be ready for the next hockey game.
0: Crispy, I think so many people have been caught up this year in Matt Duchesne and how well he has played, how well Pecorino has played, and almost forgotten about is Nick Benino, who had another goal last night and he is having a fantastic year. Are we not are we not giving him the credit he deserves cuz he's off to a great start?
6: You know what Nick Benino is always one of those players that everybody says if you're going to win a cup or you want to get around a cup, he's the type of player you have to have. But he never gets the the headline glory, the headline uh talks that other players get but he plays plays fourth line third line second line You will put him up to the first line if we have injuries or if you need him be he kills penalties the odd time you'll pop him on a power play late in the game you need big face offs one you got Benino and systems out there this guy is by no means underrated by any of the coaches or anything it's just that you're right he doesn't get the accolades that big names get but he certainly does the job
3: Another guy that is on a tear right now is Jan Kroc. He has four goals in five games. I mean, goodness gracious. I, I know, uh, <laughs> RV stole one of his goals. He must have been really upset because after Arby stole the goal, he went on a tear here. Just, um, I mean, explain to us how, it, what he's meant to the team thus far.
6: Well, if that's all it takes, then somebody else will steal another goal from him because he's <laughs> playing like a big guy. <laughs> in the dressing Funny you said that because in the dressing room afterwards, the guys all give it to you when that happens. They say, come on, you knew it was yours, and they go on for But Yarn Croak, you know what? Uh, Coach Lab and the staff have said all along that Yarn Croak is, I just went through what Benino means to this team, Yarn Croak is very similar. They can play him on left wing, right wing, center. Uh, He can kill penalties, do whatever. He pays the power of play. You you can play him on the third line or put him up to the first line, and you get a full effort from from, uh, Coke in that one. And it just seems that he's hitting his stride. And I think now what he feels is his confidence in himself. And the coaches have relayed that to him with the ice time, uh, the effort he's given. They're giving him ice time for it, and and that's well-deserved.
0: Crispy, some big news obviously going down during the middle of the game. Austin Watson's three-year, $4.5 million contract extension. You know, a lot of times you watch Austin Watson, you, you if you watch this team night in and night out, you know what he does. He gets dirty, he'll muck, he'll grind, he'll get in front, he'll be a net front presence. Uh, but it might not necessarily always show up on the stat sheet. What do you see from him and just how valuable is he? Because this is one of the smaller teams. This is not a massive team size-wise. We're, we don't play a heavy brand of hockey He provides, I think, really an invaluable skill set.
6: He does. And as a coach, I wish we had two more Austin Watsons. I really do. Because in the game now, in the playoffs now, you have to have some big horses. You have to have some guys that can run the whole gamut for you. uh, Every series. And Austin Watson is one of them. Um, But he's also proven that, you know what, he's taken his licks. He stood up to them. He's come back stronger than ever. And his teammates love him for the effort. And he's probably appreciated as much as anybody in that dressing room as you just said, when the going gets tough, and they know they have to have somebody to have their back out there when a scrum or a bite or whatever breaks out, Austin Watson is the first guy right now. He sticks his nose in. He intercepts it, whatever it takes to do it. And these guys are invaluable, and you're right. They don't get the, the, the limelight. They don't get all the things. But I'm, I was so happy to hear that when they announced it last night about Austin Watts because he is a very, very intricate part of this hockey club.
2: Uh, Christy, what sort of challenge do the New York Rangers present uh, over the weekend tomorrow?
6: Probably speed. They're going to come out of speed. They get off to a, ro- a rocky start, uh, same as the Calgary Flames, and they want to prove that they're a good team, and they are a good team, and they're very skilled. They're, they're, they're similar, maybe not as rugged, not as as, as aggressive as the Flames are. I, I like their aggressiveness, but they're skilled, and we have to be every bit as skilled as them. Last night uh, in that game when you watch it, the the skilled players – for the Calgary Flames, and Coach Lab mentioned this in his post-game interview, uh, Coach Peters double-shifted his two top lines in the third period and came away with the win. You're going to see the, the New York Rangers' very similar attitude.
0: Crispy, always a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of that coffee this morning, and we'll reconvene next Friday.
6: <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Always you got good it. talking to you. See you at the ring.
0: You got it. Terry Crisp brought to you by the Highland Group. The coffee always tastes a little better in the morning when you come off a win. Just that. Yeah, because I know last night personally for my my wins and losses, mm-hmm. you know I had the Forty ers and they didn't cover, mm-hmm. so my coffee this morning just didn't taste as good. I'm sure it didn't. No, didn't mm-hmm. taste good after the World Series either. Well, my coffee tastes my coffee was all right. Yeah,
3: because I didn't I didn't learn until I got to the show that they had <laughs> blew a four one lead. Not many people around it. the world did. 4-1, yeah, it. it was over.
0: I yeah, went to bed. Stillman thought it was over after 2 nothing. Oh, and by the way, like, can I um, like, can I rip A.J. Hinch again? Because uh, I, I just okay. realized something. Because remember yesterday, I was all mad about A.J. Hinch. I feel like, the, I feel like uh-huh. the horse is dead, but go he, for it. He didn't use Garrett Cole. Right. And I would have been all hands on deck because it was the final game of the season. He's an even bigger idiot because Garrett Cole's not going to be re-signed. He's not going to be your problem next year. He's walking in free agency. I would have thrown him till his arm fell off.
2: I agree. Yeah,
0: but I digress. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, violation on me. I used "we" as in the Predators. I, I
2: think it's okay, though. I, I, no, I
0: think you're. No, you pointed it out. I think I, I was in violation. But if
2: you're, t- but if That's you're, it's a bad job if, out of me. If you're talking though hypothetically about the coaching staffs, like you were sort of referring to how the team views Austin Watson, right? Like, hey, we're we're not a big team. Mm-hmm. We don't play a heavy game. You know this. I should is have said the
0: Preds are not a heavy team, but, but we uh, would mean that I'm included. Yeah,
2: but I think you were okay. I don't think you were including yourself. I, I brought it to your attention, but I didn't mean to do it in a way that was negative. I, I think it was. Uh, I think you're good. I think you're clear in this situation. Derek yeah. has yeah. no thoughts.
0: I mean, dad jokes coming up in a
3: little bit. Oh my god! And I got a few for a uh,
2: guy that's not even a dad came into the studio and gave yeah. us a dad joke. Well,
5: they, I'm Derek, Derek, give you some dad jokes. He gave us not two, not
2: and Derek just cackled like a yes.
5: hyena.
0: That was so funny. Yeah,
5: I'm going to give you dad jokes, and I'm not a dad, allegedly.
0: Yeah, teammates just laughed to impress management. <laughs> That's always funny. No, that He's that was buttering oh, up that management. Was, that, that was funny. That was
5: a real laugh? It's yeah, that dumb. was a real laugh.
0: That
3: oh, was funny. Okay. You're not fooling that was, me. That was
0: truly funny. I know what yeah. you're yeah. talking about. He
5: hold his chest while he because was laughing because laugh. that a I never thought that
3: that
0: guy would come in and give two
3: dad jokes.
2: Really?
0: Yeah. I was hoping he was coming in to check you into the boards, to be honest. Yeah. You know? Why
2: would he check me into the
0: boards?
2: Can we put some boards in Let's
0: here? let get wild. Let's get crazy. Let's Come put on. some boards Wait, in where?
3: here. I thought we were already wild and crazy.
0: We are. We are.
3: We are three wild and crazy
0: guys. Stick are, to sports. crazier than us? Very few. Very yeah. few. Back after this. <laughs> it is Morning Drive. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise, Little Whitney on this Friday. Yesterday was all uh, scary Halloween songs. Although we didn't do Hack Radio yesterday. Like we didn't say what's your biggest nope, nightmare? Nope. Kudos to us. We did man.
2: not. Yeah, uh, pat on our back. Yeah, we um, don't do that crap. Frankly, yeah, we did not do a single. What's your spookiest sports memory?
5: <laughs> Who was your favorite Halloween? Who's the scariest mask? defender in the NFL? Let's, right now, I think it's Aaron Donald.
2: What's your worst nightmare in sports? <laughs> let's do let's do a candy draft. <laughs>
0: oh, a candy,
2: a candy draft! draft. I you think know, we did say that. No, no, we didn't do it though. Yeah, we, we said did. we said we weren't going to do it. Yeah, we said we weren't going to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Should we do a field of sixty four come this spring on something that we really like? Hip-hop. Or would that qualify as hack radio?
2: No, no, no. As long as we do it originally, okay. we do? No one else has done. I it. mean,
5: we could do a music and then separate each bracket as each genre of music. So rock, country, rap, and miscellaneous. Jazz, miscellaneous, <laughs> miscellaneous. Katy Perry, whatever. <laughs> Katy Perry. <laughs> there no, will not be a the hell pop. She yeah, miscellaneous either.
0: All right. Let's stick to sports.
2: The world is a crazy place.
6: Crazy sounding pretty good right now.
2: Let's lighten the mood. After all that seriousness, you're just going <laughs> to crumple it up and throw it in the trash, Basically. And stick to sports. Now, now on Morning Drive.
0: And as always, Stick to Sports is brought to you by... The good
3: folks at Decorated In Interior. Stick with the pros that Decorated in. When you're ready to decorate your home, office or of outdoor spaces, request a complimentary... Appointment, which we know is free, online at DecoratingDead.com.
5: Number one. All right. Speaking of music, now, can you dictate a person on how this person is based on the music that they listen to?
2: What does dictate a person uh, mean?
5: Well, just you know, can you can you figure a person out by their genre of music or the music choices that they make?
2: Like judge them as yeah. a person? Put put them in a box? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so at all. I don't Owls think and so. chains? No, not really. <laughs> no, I think I uh. think all different types of people listen to all different types of music. I don't mm. think you you should I don't think you should do that. I think people do probably.
5: Mm. All right, so college coaches. I was going to say so what are you getting at here? Yeah, yeah. college coaches. I mean, except
2: for those who listen to Kenny Chesney he sucks.
5: <laughs> so basically Britt McMurphy <laughs> of the Stadium, he did a article about every college coach in college football's favorite artist and Kenny Chesney was the top go-getter, the vote getter with 8 so eight people in college football love some Kenny Chesney. Eric Church finished second with six votes. And Dave Matthews Band, don't know why, but they finished third with five votes.
2: See, what struck me is odd. I, I read that article. Um, what struck me is odd about the Dave Matthews Band thing is it's just a generational thing. Like, the co- like I'm getting older, mm-hmm. and coaches are getting older, and coaches now were my age. Like, you know, like P.J. Fleck is like our age. <laughs> and, and P- So, like, these coaches that listen to Dave Matthews Band, they were like teenagers in the 90s. Which means they grew up on Dave Matthews Band the way mm-hmm. I did, and that's that's like what I when I saw that I was like, oh god, we're all just getting older. it's all I saw.
0: Speaking of Dave Matthews Band, He's am most, I in the minority here? Mm-hmm. Like they, like I, yeah, I, I appreciate, <laughs> I respect what they've accomplished. Do
2: you have words?
0: But I just feel like it's it's a band meant for people that just want to blaze up and get high and listen to nah. zoned out music. I, am, I, I, am I stereotyping the wrong way here?
2: I think it's the entry. Like they're the entry band into those bands. Like if you want to go into the jam band world, yeah, then then you started probably with Dave Matthews and then you end up at Humphries McGee, like or you know or some other you know Fish or Widespread Panic or something <laughs> like that. But like they're, from a jam band standpoint, Dave Matthews' band is not even close to the most jammy of all the jam bands. Okay, they're like the they're like the entry band into that genre though. So you end up. Like, you start on Dave Matthews and you end up on Fish. Like, that's what happens. Like,
0: I'm trying to think of the only Dave Matthews band song that I ever really enjoyed. Was it Ants Marching? Ants,
2: Ants Marching is good. No, I, I listen, I was a heavy Dave head or whatever you'd call him. I don't know. I okay. love Dave in high school, but I was a teenager, and, and I saw Dave Matthews on the Crash Tour in Austin, Texas. The first concert I ever saw was Dave Matthews' band in, at the Frank Irwin Center in, like, 1996. So, I again, this was before. I don't know how I don't know when he got mainstream. He was also one of the most popular mainstream bands touring around the world.
0: Oh, I don't dispute the success.
2: Right. So I, I don't think you can be a hippie jam band, okay, and and be popular, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that.
0: No, you're probably right. I'm just just never like I don't know. They've never done anything for me. Like I hear them, and mm. I'm like, well,
2: if you don't like Dave, it's fine. It's not that like I've I've sort of grown out of. Yeah. I didn't. I don't listen to a lot of Dave in the last ten or twelve years. Once he got clean, I stopped listening to his music.
5: <laughs> By the way,
2: is that weird? Yeah. <laughs> no, no.
5: Les Miles likes Twenty One Savage. Did not know that, that was an odd one. That's a, also it's a very odd one.
2: Mike Loxley was Citizen Cope. I was like, Citizen Cope's really good. That's just a super random favorite artist of all time.
5: So to go through the SEC: Nick Saban, the Eagles, Chad Morris, George Strait, Gus Malzahn, the Cars. I can't imagine Gus Malzahn listening. That's, that's in it the a solid, Cars, but that's a yeah. solid
2: role though. Like it's at least you could what it, that's that's him being authentic though. At least. I think Jeremy Pruitt just totally lied through his All teeth. All
5: right, Dan Mullen with you uh, two, Kirby Smart, Luke Bryan, which uh. oh
2: jeez, at least it wasn't Jason Aldine because <laughs> Jason Aldine's a huge Georgia fan. So if it was Aldine, then you know he's selling out.
5: Yeah, Mark Stoops with Toby Keith,
2: Toby Keith, <laughs> Oklahoma, um, Oklahoma fan, shocking Stoops brother and Ojeron CCR, of I
5: course.
2: love love that. That's good.
5: J- this one shocked me. Joe Morehead, notorious Big. Morehead is
2: very hip hop. He loves hip hop.
0: Joe no Moorhead and Biggie. Yeah.
2: yeah, no, he's he's a Northeast guy. Like he's from up there. He he grew up on that for sure.
5: Barry Odom, George Strait, Matt Luke, Jason Aldean, Will Muschamp, Darius Rucker.
2: That's see that's that's selling out. Yeah. There's just no way the head coach of South Carolina's favorite musical act of all time is also the most famous musical fan of South Carolina. There's just no way that's real. There's you know what I mean? Like Will Muschamp is clearly catering, right?
0: Mm. Did you guys did you guys know Mike Golick is good friends with Darius Rucker? Nah, nah, I didn't. He I didn't. likes to let you know that, like you know, every six like, weeks. Do you
2: actually, oh. Does anybody actually believe that Will Muschamp's total all-time favorite artist of all time is Darius Rucker? Could he? Or name, is it because he's a huge. South could Carolina he fan?
5: name five Darius Rucker or Hootie and the Blowfish songs off no. the top of his head? Do I don't think? think.
2: No, I think he's lying through because I don't, I can't.
5: Time is the only like, one. I, time
2: the, and Wagon Wheel. You're two. The, Well, that's, that's. I not, only want to be with you. That's not even Hootie. Yeah, yeah. Hootie's that's got ones. Even the
0: Joe Morehead and Biggie. Imagine Joe Moorhead, right. He's rolling up for a recruit. He pulls into the house, and he's got Juicy just blaring <laughs> oh, out of the escalator. He's looking at his recruits. I love here, here comes this guy come with and glasses wow. and a goatee. Now, his love
2: of hip hop has been very, very well covered uh, over the years uh, up from, from the Northeast. Again, he's from the same area of the country as Biggie. But I'll say, again, Jeremy Pruitt picking Kenny Chesney, that's a complete and total sellout to Tennessee fans. Mm. Like, uh, what is he when, he? when he was the defensive coordinator at Alabama, was it Skinner? <laughs> you scary. know what I mean? Like Kenny Chesney who belongs at ETSU, not University of Tennessee by the way. He never <laughs> went to the University of Tennessee. He's an ETSU grad. Stop claiming Tennessee Kenny Chesney. Um it, it, that's a total sellout job. I just don't like we know Nick Saban loves the Eagles. Like that's his favorite band. There's there's no way these guys are just they happen to love the favorite artist of their school.
0: So what, what what do we know about Saban? L- the Eagles little well, Debbie cookies sounds. Maybe. I don't know. He looks like a Rolling Stones guy. Little
2: Debbies. I mean, he does love 70s rock, but we know he loves his boat. He loves his
0: boat. Did did he eat the oatmeal cream pies when when you played for him? Um, I didn't notice it. No? I didn't. Maybe he did. Because he made it very clear on that ESPN thing, the rolling with the tide thing, Mm -hmm. that he only eats the little ones. Because the oatmeal cream pies will come in like a little, like maybe, I don't know, like a fist size, but then there's the bigger size. Exactly. He says the bigger one's too much. It might be too much Too sweet for him oh, the, Well it all the, depends
2: on how many Debbie have, cake Little Debbies he eat I, during the day Dude when I had the big one a couple times Like, in, like when you're a kid you're like Oh my god this mm-hmm. thing is This is such a treat I don't not, The little one you can eat in like three bites And it's gone yeah, like
0: that Yeah that's why you like them I used to eat those
3: my, Those things are
0: so
2: good
3: they're My only
0: beef with Sabin is that he's a Oatmeal cream pie guy instead of a tasty cake guy
2: Oh I go oatmeal cream pie
0: Really Tasty cakes Tasty cakes are from Philadelphia the, are, the, the, are the best What's
2: the peanut butter one with the wafers What's that one called? Uh, the chocolate
0: pe- peanut butter candy cake?
2: No, no, no. The, the, you know what I'm talking about. Where like it's the two chocolate bars, and it's got peanut oh, butter yes. and the wafer. That was that one in the oatmeal cream pie was my favorite. We also have audio of of Nick Saban talking to Derek Mason when Derek Mason asked him about his what his favorite food was when he was mm-hmm. playing for him at Michigan State. Oh, f-
1: you Mason, just f- you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: I didn't. I didn't. Um... And I don't know. Why. Nick, did he even have Debbie cakes or a little? Oh, well, they were around back. Oh, they've been around since yeah. the '60s. No, I know because my roommate and I we used to we used to buy those things, the little Debbie cakes. They used to be our dessert during our meals. We used to buy those things like they were going out of style.
0: Think about this: you you had the opportunity to play in New England. You ultimately uh-huh. went to Baltimore, as we just heard in the audio. Belichick giving you the business. Uh-huh. You actually could have played. For arguably the two greatest football coaches in the history of sports. Yeah, not many people could say that. Saban and Belichick. You almost had that opportunity. Yeah, Play for one,
5: could have played for the other.
0: The other one cussed you out. Yeah. But it's fine. It's all respect.
5: All right, so if I were to ask you guys the artists that would define you, that, like, we, we obviously, Nick Saban likes the Eagles. Cool. So if there was that one artist that would be your artist, what would it be? Who would so it this be? is not, mm. like,
2: favorite artists of all time? Or nah, is this just, like...
5: Mine will be outcast. A artist, yeah, you love would outcast. Yeah, mine would easily be me. outcast. I mean, that's that's no over. I don't know, man.
2: Like someone that defines you versus your favorite, there there might be a difference. Favorite. Does,
0: Does it have to be a musical artist or just an artist in general? <laughs> I think
2: we're talking about music, dude. Because <laughs> well, I I, yeah, I think
0: now. Ed O'Neill, A.K.A. Al Bundy, is yes. is the artist that defines me because yeah. I I live vicariously yeah, that's, through him. That's true. That but true. we're talking about music I think here. it's uh, man.
3: Would it be, I don't know, maybe Al Green or Trey song it,
2: It's hard not to be prisoner of the moment, like what you love today. Mm-hmm. is not what I loved 10 years ago. It's not what I loved in high school. You know what I mean? Like it's You go through phases yeah, where you love for me, it would
5: things. be a toss-up between Outkast and Kendrick Lamar. So yeah, Well,
0: Outkast is a dating requirement for you, right? It's on your checklist. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Girls, you date, need to know who Outkast is. It's just get, one song.
2: If I get all of Jack White's catalog, like if I get Raconteurs, black White Stripes, you know, Dead Weather. If I get all of his music, then I'd probably go with Jack White, just because I'd get all like I'd get five bands out of the deal.
0: You going Jack over Sturgill?
2: Again, I'm trying not to be prisoner of the moment. Like Sturgill is is my favorite probably artist currently over the last five or eight years, but I don't want to be like a total prisoner of the of the moment. So yeah, uh, I mean Dave was my favorite in high school, but I also loved Nirvana a ton. Rage Against the Machine is one I still listen to today.
3: I go Bon Jovi. I go Trey songs. There we go. Trey
5: songs. That's, yeah. Wow. Number Watch one Listen to the time. music. Just listen to the music, man. I, I know the, the music. music. Yeah. The neighbors know my name. I know the music. Yeah, <laughs> the the music. music.
2: I did go through a widespread panic <laughs> phase in
0: college. <clears throat> that's oh. the music brother. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Coming up. Final hour. Morning drive. Pigskin picks against the spread at nine thirty. Big finish at nine forty-five. Up next, though, one-on-one last night. Probably the shortest one-on-one. In the history of the Constable Chase McCabe, he caught up with a guy that's getting no credit, no love, no respect, and should be, and you'll hear it next on Morning Drive.